So let's just open our hearts and ask him to speak to each one of us personally today. Father, we just come before you and God, we just thank you for your presence here in this place. And we thank you for your word, which is alive and powerful. And God, we are just asking that you will speak to each one of us through your word today. By your spirit, Father, have your way in our lives. Give us ears to hear what you're saying to us today, God, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. Well, I have loved these last several weeks of Chick Connection since we launched in October. In this season, we have been talking about hope. And we have heard so many women share great stories of hope and, and what God's done in their lives, stories that have brought hope to us. And we've done teaching on hope, studied about hope. And we discovered that hope is not wishful thinking. Hope is literally that confident expectation that we have in God himself. And that confident expectation that we have of all of his promises. We don't have to question his word, his promises for a moment. We have that 100% guarantee because God is not a man. He is not capable of lying. And he has given us his guarantee with his word. So we can have that confident expectation. And when hope is alive in our hearts as that very confident expectation, it has so much power in our lives. And throughout this study, we've talked about the fact that hope becomes that anchor for our soul that keeps us on track with God. And we talked about the fact that the scripture says we're to wear the helmet of hope. And we saw that it doesn't matter what our past looks like. Our past does not determine our future because God has a future and a hope for us, right? And he wants us to be so confident of that future, having that hope for each of us personally for our future in him. And we looked at scriptures that talked about hope being... Uh, giving us courage, being the catalyst for courage in our lives. Because when hope is alive within us, it overrides everything else that would try to stop us. Hope is a catalyst for courage. And God created us to be courageous women that will go forward in the life that he has for us. And then we talked about the scriptures that, that tell us to be prisoners of hope, living in hope all the time. And we talked about the benefits of hope. If you've been here the last several weeks, we talked about the, all of these scriptures that, that tell us that hope brings joy to our lives. Hope brings comfort. Hope causes God to delight in us. Hope fuels our faith. Hope causes God to watch over us. Hope causes the territory of our lives to expand. Hope cleanses us. Hope brings great blessings into our lives. It's just been awesome to study hope and to see the benefits and the power of hope that's alive and active in our hearts. Not just something to say, oh yeah, I have, I have hope in God. Uh -huh. No, for it to be so alive within us that it, it overrides and rules every area of our lives. Hope is powerful. And today, as we wind up this series, we're going to talk about the fact that hope compels us to love. And in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 12, 
It says, since we have such glorious hope, such joyful and confident expectation, we speak very freely and openly and fearlessly. Hope compels us to love with a boldness. If we have hope, the hope in God, that we can enjoy life on this earth with him and eternity with him in heaven, if that hope is alive within us, it compels us to love and gives us a boldness, boldness to speak very freely and openly and fearlessly with people around us because we want them to experience that hope as well, right? When hope is alive, it compels us to reach out with boldness. It compels us to love with boldness. And in Acts 2, verse 25 and 26, it says, King David says this about him. I see that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and my tongue shouts his praise. My body rests in hope. You see, when hope's alive within us, it compels us to reach out, to speak out freely to, and boldly to others. But sometimes in the midst of that, has anyone ever had your flesh like get a little nervous? Uh-oh, well, what are they going to think? What about this? What about that? But no, it says right here in these verses in Acts that God is always with us and no matter what, he is right beside us. So we don't have to be afraid for a minute. Hope should compel us to love and never be fearful or anxious about it, but be bold in sharing with others, reaching out to others so that they can experience the great hope that we've found. And in 1 Corinthians 13, the great chapter of love, it winds up with verse 13 that says, and now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. And you know, if hope is not compelling us to love, then it's not really hope within us that's alive. If that hope is really alive, it will compel us to love. I think love is the, is the fruit, is the evidence of hope and faith being active in our lives. Love is the most important. And if if hope is not compelling us to love, then what good is that hope? Hope should compel us to reach out and to love others in our lives, others that we come in contact with no matter who they are, no matter how difficult they might be. Not that any of us ever have difficult people in our lives, but, you know, on occasion, someone else might have a difficult person in their lives. But when we have that hope within us, it compels us to love no matter what, and it gives us incredible boldness. And I've got to tell you, I have seen this so at work over the past year almost year past nine months or so in such a dear friend of mine who I have seen hope be awakened in her life to a fuller degree than ever before and it has compelled her to love compelled her to reach out to people as never before and I want this morning my friend Mandy Them to come and share with you a bit of what God has done in her life and what he's doing and I know it will encourage you can you just give her a great warm welcome as she comes
Good morning. Okay, Anne has asked me to come and talk to you about the awakening that has taken place in my life uh, recently. How loud must the alarm of time become, women of God, before we are awakened? If ever there comes a time when the women of the world come together purely and simply for the benefit of mankind, it will be a force such as the world has never known. That is a quote from Matthew Arnold, a British poet from the 19th century. I'd like to tell you that I was the first person in my family to awaken to God's plan and purpose for my life. But it didn't start out that way. When my daughter Chandler was seven years old, we were on our way to tap dance class. And for the first time, she saw a homeless person walking down the street. And she wanted to know why the man was pushing two carts full of things hanging out of it. Her heart just bled for this man in tattered clothing and disheveled hair, pushing a shopping cart down the street with no hope and purpose. She said, Mom, I need to give that man my snack and my water for dance. He needs it more than I do. Mom, we have to stop. Looking into the rearview mirror at my child sitting in her booster seat, barely able to see out the window of the car, I said, what? So she proceeded to use more inflection and more forceful tone with me. With the second time, she asked me, Mom, we need to stop. And I would love to tell you that my response was something other than, if we stop, we are going to be late for dance. That's where I was at. But my somewhat strong-willed, persistent child proceeded to tell me that it didn't matter if she was late for dance. That man pushing the shopping cart needed to know that Jesus loved him. And he looked like he was hungry and he needed her snack. At that moment, I could see her heart was bleeding for that homeless man. Where did that come from out of a seven-year-old child sitting in her booster seat? So I turned around, how inconvenient was this? And no U-turn and no U-turn and no U-turn. So I had to keep going around until I turned around, pulled the car over to the side of the road. Chandler jumped out with her fluffy tutu on, big pink bow in her hair and her tap shoes, clicking down the sidewalk, running after the man with the shopping cart only to find that the man had left the cart on the sidewalk and was nowhere to be found. Chandler was brokenhearted and started to cry. She was so upset that she was not able to tell the man that Jesus loved him. And I was thinking to myself, I wasn't actually even sure if I wanted to take my seven-year-old daughter over to meet this homeless man in the first place. But that was where I was at. So with her little tap shoes, she clicked her way back to the car and wrote him a note on a post-it saying, Jesus loves you, and put it on a small bag of barbecue chips and placed it in his cart with a bottle of water. I cried the whole way to dance. And I realized, how many times have I passed by that man with the shopping cart? Did I see him? No. Probably never once even noticed that man. But it took the awakening of my child 
to see that man and to give the love of Jesus away that was in her heart to him with that simple gesture. How many times have we been too busy and passed by someone in need and not even noticed them? God wants us to be vessels of life and hope to a world in need. Hoping God gives us the boldness like Chandler had to step out of our comfort zone and touch the lives of others. Each one of us needs to look after the good of people around us, asking ourselves, how can we help? In Romans 15, one through two, it says, who, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. I needed to awaken to the needs around me. I challenge you to awaken to the needs of those in your world, especially if it's not comfortable. You would have thought after that amazing display of love and affection and her boldness to stop on the side of the road to tell this man that Jesus loved him that it would have shaken me up and made me realize, wake up! God will use you where you're at. My daughter beautifully portrayed before me what it looked like to be awakened. But my circumstances were too busy and I had too much going on and God doesn't want you to be so bogged down with your day-to-day that you don't see the simple things in front of you where you can reach out and you can be awakened and you can give what you've been given, the love of Jesus, and give it away like Pastor Ann said on Sunday so beautifully. Give it away. It's in our hearts to give away, not to keep for ourselves. We need to make sure that we don't get absorbed and exhausted in our day-to-day obligations taking care of our kids, our laundry, our cleaning, our texting our friends, and of course, Facebook. We all need a moment of Facebook. We need to supersede the conflicting noise and arguments that say our contribution is not necessary, not God-breathed. That's so the opposite. Our contribution is necessary. It is God-breathed. And if you step out in faith, God will meet you where you're at. One evening, two and a half years ago, my oldest daughter, McKenna, went to a teen leadership meeting at Pastor Gary and Ann's house and came back changed. She said to me, Mom, God is calling me to the mission field. I was so shocked to hear my 13-year-old teenage daughter tell me that God was prompting her heart in the direction of missions. This is a girl who loves, her favorite pastime is to be indoors, indoors, and be snuggled up with an Aristotle book. God had awakened McKenna and started stirring her heart and compelling her towards the hurting. A few months later, she had asked if we could feed the homeless. So we found an organization that feeds the homeless during Thanksgiving time, so we partnered with them and as a family, 
we uh, got to feed the homeless during Thanksgiving time. In Proverbs 31, eight through nine, it says, open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth, judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and the needy. We need to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. We need to speak up for the poor and for the helpless. God has positioned you dynamically to impact people in the space you occupy every day, everywhere you go. I was in the grocery store one time and there was a woman in a wheelchair wheeling herself down the aisle. Well, she didn't realize that the wheel was burning a hole in her grocery bag, and I didn't know why there was groceries all over the cart or all over the aisle. I'm picking them up. It's like a scavenger hunt all the way down the aisle, thinking, where are these groceries coming from? We pick them up and realize that there's a woman in a wheelchair that was burning a hole in her bag, and she was dropping all of her produce. She had a yard sale all the way down the aisle and didn't even know it. We picked them up, gathered them up, and brought them over to her and we started talking to her my daughter and I and before you know it we start talking about God we start talking about church she's been coming to this church for five years now everywhere you go you can dynamically impact the world you are in God put you for such a time as this my dear friend Carly recently told me that when you feel that there has been an injustice and something has to be done, that is God prompting you in your heart to do something about it. If you feel like something needs to be done and you're turned around looking, well, who's gonna do something about it? God put that on your heart for you to do something about it. Step out in that boldness. Step out in that boldness. Awaken and give it away. Look at the world you're in it every day and awaken and make a contribution of hope and love to those around you. Hoping God gives you the boldness to step out of your comfort zone and touch the lives of others. My daughter started handing out Bibles, waters, and snacks from their lunch pail out the window to homeless people. And if you think we're gonna pass by one homeless person because we're in a hurry, you better think again. It doesn't happen even if there's 16 U-turns on your journey to where you're going. You turn around, I always tell my husband, just turn around. You're gonna have to turn around eventually, just turn around and let them pass it out. Make life a little bit easier. We need to be awakened to what breaks Jesus' heart and do something about it. Hope compels us to love. We are gifted and talented women of God who need to awaken and become mighty, yet meek, humble, yet confident, passionate, yet powerful. God has put this in all of us. And it brings hope to a world in need. It's easy to be consumed by everything you have going on, your bills and your job and your husband and the dog and everything. Shut things off. 
Turn off the Facebook. Put your phone away. I have to hide my phone from myself. Hide your phone from yourself. So you're not like, oh, text, text, text. No, hide it from yourself. Turn it off. Just turn it off and listen to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. God has awakened me from a me-centered life to have a heart for the hurting and the wounded. God has helped me to focus my energy and passion to be more sensitive to the needs of others, and that's what he wants to do for you. I often quote a line, and it drives my girls crazy from the movie Robots. See a need, feel a need. You see a need. Jump in and do something about it. When you see something needs to be done, step up. People are waiting for you just to step in and give the love of Jesus away to them. Ask God to challenge you in your heart to love and service people. I believe that he will stir your heart. God will awaken you and open your eyes to the harvest that is right before you. God wants to use you and touch lives around you. God has awakened my husband and I to bring hope to the hopeless. We've had the opportunity for pray, to pray for people in God's grace healing rooms, and it's been such a dynamic part of our lives. And in God, God's grace healing rooms, it has, I have felt compelled to share the hope and love of Jesus to those in need. God has been preparing and equipping our family to minister light in dark places over the last year. And last Saturday, I had the honor of praying in the healing rooms with my mom, my dad, my husband, and both my girls. Now tell me that is not God awakening. God's strength is not to be feared, it is to be embraced. God is, be, God is not withholding strength from you, He's bestowing it. In Isaiah 30, 15, Isaiah 30, 15, it says, your salvation requires you to turn back to me and stop your silly efforts to save yourselves. Your strength will come from settling down in complete dependence in me, in him. Awaken, it's time to obey God's summons. He has entrusted us with the good news of hope to the earth. He has charged us to care for the widows, the orphans, and the poor. Go out and impact your world you live in for God. In James 1.27, it says, Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. The vision of awakening was an instrument in my life that opened my eyes to a wider vista and enlarged my range of motion. When your range of motion gets enlarged, you realize that you have the capability of impacting people's lives for God. You have the capability of bringing that hope, that love, that restoration into people's lives. God has given me a 
have compassion and a love to reach the unlovable. God has given me the grace. And if you would have told me six months ago that I would be speaking in a women's prison, I would say, you've got the wrong girl. There is no way that I'm going into a women's prison. The whole idea of it freaked me out. But not only did God want me to go into the women's prison, but he wanted me to bring life and hope and love and restoration to that women's prison. God is calling each and every one of you to reach out in boldness and give it away. Give God's love away. I did not have any desire to go into the women's prison, but when God awakens you, he gives you the grace, the grace that you would not have had grace for before. Love and compassion to do things that you never would have been capable of doing. My husband and I have had the privilege to go into the women's prison and share the love of Jesus to drug addicts, alcoholics, women that practice Wicca, which is a form of witchcraft, which I just learned about like two weeks ago, and share forgiveness, freedom, hope, restoration, and love with them. But without that boldness that God has put in you, the devil will make you feel like you can't do anything and you don't have a voice. You need to step out into the light that God puts before you. We had no plans on going to the prison. We had no plans on speaking there. God will put you where he needs you. In your world that you're in, God will have your steps placed before you and you just follow what he directs you in doing. Awaken and listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. God will independently speak to your heart, just like he did to Chandler with the homeless man. McKenna, for wanting to be a missionary, talking to me about going into a women's prison. He knew he had to change my heart because there was no way I was going there without feeling like the Holy Spirit was prompting me, was compelling me to bring hope to the hopeless. And that is what we need to do. All of us, each and every one of us, need to bring hope to our world that we're in. Your sphere of influence will listen to you. The people you come in contact will listen to you. The Holy Spirit will prompt you by taking steps of obedience and walking in the light that is set before you. God will guide you and direct you. Yield to the opportunities that are set before you. We have endless opportunities to be a blessing in our church. This holiday season, there are extra opportunities for us to be a blessing in our church. You can bring clothing and food to the food pantry at the back of the church every Sunday after church and they will take your donations. That line is huge at the end of service on Sunday. There are people lined up to get food and clothing. That is giving it away. That is giving it away to those in need. You can also buy turkey bucks in the foyer this Wednesday night after church. This is our last Wednesday night to be able to do it. But you buying turkey bucks buys a turkey for someone who could not have a Thanksgiving turkey. You are giving to those in need. 
You can also buy a Christmas gift for the adopted child. That will be coming out probably in the next week. And you can do that in the foyer. These are just a few of the ways that you can share hope, love, and blessings this holiday season to people that are in our church and people that come to our church to be blessed from the food pantry. Hope compels us to get out of our comfort zone. The prison was not my comfort zone, let me just tell you now. That was stepping out. I felt like I was gonna throw up just driving there on the way there. Hope will compel you to share God's love no matter where it is, no matter where it is in your sphere of influence. Settle down and depend on him and you will awaken and your strength will come from God. When we stop struggling in our own ability, our true strength is revealed. The dynamic of ease with strength, rest with power, is a very telling and beautiful image of a godly woman. They fuse together as you begin to realize there is power that abides in each and every one of us. And that power that abides in each and every one of us is to give it away, not to keep it for yourself, thinking you're power and mighty. No, it's to give it away to the hopeless, to give it away to the hurting, to give it away to people that are in need. Righteousness is a state we rest in. There's a realm where strength is a haven as well. When we discover rest, we cease from striving. I challenge you to get out of your comfort zone and bring the love and hope of Jesus into your world. That is what I challenge you with. And I want you in your groups today to talk about that challenge and how you're gonna do it. It is time, mighty women of God, that you stir, you provoke, incite, and awaken yourself. To know that you are being transformed by focusing your attention on worthy and noble causes. Amen. Awesome. Fantastic. You know, one thing I love about Mandy's story and just seeing and watching what God has done, you know, Mandy grew up in a Christian home. Her parents are here this morning. And, you know, we can, we can be saved. We can grow up in a Christian home or we can just, you know, along our journey, when we do enter into that relationship with God, we can continue and li be living on this earth as a believer without having had that type of awakening, being that one who's driving down the road, never seeing the homeless person that needs our help, never seeing those around us each day who need what we have, what's in us to give away to them. And now to see Mandy transformed from that person to one who is excited about going into the prisons is just so awesome. That's God. That's God's plan. That's what he wants. That's him at work in us. But how common is it 
to see believers as the ones who get so caught up in the busyness of our daily lives that we don't even see what's going on around us. We don't even see the hurting around us. And I believe that God wants each and every one of us to have that kind of awakening, that we're just so changed that we can't drive down the street without seeing the one that needs our help. We can't walk through our daily life without seeing people around us who need that word of encouragement, that extra smile, that extra moment to just stop and encourage them. Can anybody relate to get, being a little too busy and a little too consumed with our own lives to really notice those around us that God wants us to notice? I think we've all been there. But, you know, as Mandy was sharing, I just felt like this morning that God's just prompting us in this place today and saying, okay, sweetheart, it's time to awaken. And maybe you're here today and you're saying, yeah, I've, I've gotten a little absorbed in my own life and I need a fresh awakening of the spirit of God. I believe God just wants us to respond to him today. And when we say, yes, father, that's what I want. I'm in that when we are willing, that he will cause that awakening to be so strong within us because that's what he wants for us. That's living the life that he created us to live. And so I just want to ask this morning, if you're here and you'd say, I need that fresh awakening of the spirit of God within me, we're going to pray together. But you know what? I think that when we want God to do something significant like that in our lives, I think he wants to see us taking that step towards him, taking that step of boldness. So I just want to ask this morning, in this place, if you're here and that's you, would you do something bold with me? Would you just stand to your feet if you want that fresh awakening in your life? If you want a greater awakening in your life this morning, just stand up right where you're at. And we're going to pray together. Thank you, Father. Awesome. <laughs>